Hey friend, if you're an Email Templates 101 owner, be sure to log in and check out the 2024 updates and brand new templates in your course. You'll find a new active listing seller check-in template as well as a new offer delivery template for your sellers, plus lots of fine tuning to the other existing templates. Don't have Email Templates 101 yet? Grab yours now at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash courses. Please don't ask me any additional questions because I have like, no more answers. I like that you took a deep breath there. It's all coming back to me. So you're like, I remember how coming, tough it was. It was so very it tough. Be- and what ended up happening in, in my sad story. <laughs> oh, no. Imagine if your client was like, hey, Katie, thanks for your help. But I actually bought a house at Target. <laughs> that old thing that I say all the time. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And we're just trying to be out here telling you what to know. (laughs) Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. (laughs) It's episode 205. Okay. And today we are talking about types of properties. This was inspired. <laughs> Let's hear it. We've had a few um, newer agents in our office that I've mm-hmm. been helping. And we have had some situations where they have been confused between condo and townhome. Okay. So understanding what the difference is, but also other types of properties as well. Yeah. And I think we're going to cover what the pros and cons are of some Mm -hmm. of these and what the potential challenges are and maybe touch very slightly onto some financing concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, And this episode, I feel like, will be a good one also for the public. Yeah. Who just wants some more information about real estate as a whole. Um, I think most places property types are pretty consistent Mm -hmm. okay shall we just what do you want to do start with a list of the different (laughs) types of property let's do that i'll start like this i went to my good friend chat gpt and said (laughs) we've been playing around with it a good bit and said what are the types of properties i will say i didn't agree or maybe uh, correction i didn't properly inform the mechanism that (laughs) i was looking for i'm picturing what are the actual different types of housing like the buildings. Sure. Like, what are the different types? Not the styles. Or, yeah, this one said vacation homes. I don't think a vacation – you could have a condo vacation home. You could have a detached vacation home, right? Right, right. So we're going to remove that. Um, my point is these aren't types of houses or pro- – <laughs> they're actual different types of buildings that have like residential people live there. Okay. 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 Yes. Great. Yes. Perfect. All right. Number one, single family homes. Also, sometimes in our market and probably others called a detached home. Okay. Right? So it's attached to nothing else. It is its own thing. And you own the house and the land. And the way real estate works is you own it up to the sky and, and down to the center of the earth. Do you earth. think that's in every state, though? I In Louisiana, that's how it is. I know. But, you know, in some states, you don't get your mineral rights. Right. So maybe. Or your air rights. So that would be something to check on. In your area. In your area. Here. Yes. Real property goes. All the way up and and all the way down. Isn't that interesting? Right. Which is, I guess, the theory why, like, if your neighbor's tree branch grows way across your yard or even any across your yard, that's your problem now. Yeah. Like the line goes up from the, the property line. Mm-hmm. Okay. So something to think about. Single family homes. We'll come back and d- dig yeah, yeah, deeper yeah. into them, but let's just go over the types. Single family home. Then you have a multifamily home. Okay. Okay. Multifamily home is like separate units starting at duplex. Duplex means two. <laughs> two units. Triplex. Wait for it. It means three. Okay. Three units. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, can you tell me how many units are in a fourplex? Four. That's right. (laughs) Um, And apartment buildings. So those are all considered multifamily. Sometimes when you're an investor, you'll say, I'm looking for a multifamily property. It's like, you know, each one is its own unit. Mm -hmm. But technically speaking, that's still just a descriptor of could be a condominium, right? Yeah. Or a townhome Mm -hmm. or an apartment. 
Those are the three ways. Right. Right. Okay. So multifamily, just so you know, when people say single family and multifamily, that's what they mean. Next up, condos, condominiums. Do you want to tell us what those are? I have been told (laughs) that you own from interior Mm sheetrock to interior sheetrock. Yep. And from floor to ceiling. Yep. You do not own your exterior. Nope. You do not own your land. Nope. And they are usually they are individual units that are part of a larger building or complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you're right; they own the interior, and they might have a share of common ownership in a common area. Right, the pool, the hall, the whatever's mm-hmm. the green um, space, elevators, parking garage, whatever. Um, but but you only own walls in. So, like, I guess we'll come back to that in a minute. But there are some insurance situations there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, townhouses. Yes. All right. Your townhouses are a lot like condominiums in that they're multi-level, like multi-units, right? Mm -hmm. They're attached by one or more wall with a neighbor. Attached somehow. They're attached to a neighbor somehow. If it's it's a single unit not touching anything, that's really not a townhome. Right. Okay. And they, though, then own land. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then it gets very sticky about how they've structured the HOA, the yes. homeowners for a townhome. Sometimes we're kind of like a condo in that maybe the the association takes care of the outside, and sometimes they don't. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Townhome, but in a townhome you own the land. So in Louisiana, you would own all the way down, all the way up. Mm-hmm. So you, I guess in theory, you never have a townhome that's like a second level unit. And and I was always told, too, if you aren't sure and you were looking in MLS, if it is a townhome, it will have lot dimensions. And a lot number. And a lot number. Yeah. But if it's a condo, they usually sometimes will put the unit number as the lot number. Uh And there is no – No, no land dimension. No dimensions at all. Uh, Those two get mixed up quite frequently. Yes, and that – we might spend some time. I think it's important to understand why that matters. Yeah, we're going to get to that. It does matter. Yes. yes. Okay. Um, but broad strokes. Next up came co-op apartments. I had never heard of this. Um, this is like very common in your big cities. Okay. Right? We, we are not. We don't have we those don't, where we, don't we have live. any of these. But a co-op is similar to a condo in that they're part of a larger building or complex. However, in a co-op, Residents own shares of the building rather than individual units. Please don't ask me any additional questions because I have (laughs) no more answers. If you are one of our listeners and you are familiar with co-ops and this is a thing in your marketplace, why don't you head over to our Instagram (laughs) and tell us in this week's episode post what you think. And I also wondered... Kent, are realtors involved in those transactions? Well, okay. Please tell me you've seen at least one movie where the person goes in front of the co-op board and they have to be interviewed oh, to join the co-op. Okay. So, like, you – I mean, I guess it's to a specific unit, but in the end, you own a part of the whole thing. Yeah, but you still have your own space. Yeah. Okay. But you have to get approved and everyone is in ownership together. Listeners, please educate <laughs> us. This I, I was like, I really, what is that? I wish I could remember what movie I've seen this in. You know, you could, it almost looks like they're in front of a parole board. Like there's a bunch of people asking you questions and you're trying to get approved to be in the co-op. Okay. Whatever. We're moving on because we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Last up is mobile home. Yes. You want to tell us what a mobile home is? Mobile pretty, home. Pretty obvious. Manufactured home. Mm-hmm. What, what is your definition? It says these are properties are designated to be moved yes. from one location to another. Um, that's really. Have you sold any? Oh, God, don't hold me to it. I feel like I, I have. No, I have for sure. Okay, okay, yes. great. I have. I sold one. Yeah, they're they're tricky. I don't plan to again. Okay. It was terrible transaction. Okay. Um, very difficult. <laughs> very and I, I learned a lot, though. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Now, if you are not sure about those, I did learn that these are a very Southern thing. Oh, mobile homes? Mobile homes are very Southern. Oh, you don't say. Yes. I will read to you the top seven because that's where I stopped. Oh, for the lay people also, sometimes these are just called trailers. Yes. Right? Yes. Trailers. Mobile home. Mobile home. Manufactured home. Right? 
yeah. modular, which is a little bit a little different, different, but because I don't think you move the modular ones. No, those it's are kind of built. Out. It's just a. Re- it's, it could be a detached home. It's just built differently. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Carry on. So in the south, the okay. This is what I learned too. This is how they ranked this list. This is from the 2021 census. Oh, okay. Every state has a certain number of permits. Oh. For mm-hmm. new builds or new development, okay? Okay. Per lot. In Mi- Mississippi is the only state that manufactured homes took up more permits. Oh. Than detached single family homes. Okay. So Mississippi is the leader <laughs> in the mobile home. in the mobile home market. Okay. They have more than any other state per the 2021 Census Bureau. Got it. Second place, West Virginia. Interesting. Third place, Kentucky. Okay. Fourth place, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Fifth place, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then sixth was New Mexico. And seventh was Michigan. Michigan? That came out of nowhere. And then I stopped. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, but I thought it was just, there are people that are, we're like, what's a co-op? They may be like, what's a manufactured home? Good point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the basic types. We're going to cover single family, condo, townhome, and mobile homes for the purpose of our, we're not going to dive into multifamily as a, it's a class more than a type of property, right? And right. we're not going to dive into co-ops because we don't have a clue we're talking about. I will say on multifamily, if you are planning on living in one of the units and renting the out the others, house hacking, mm-hmm. financing is not very different. Than regular purchasing a detached home. Right. Because you're going to live there. You're going to live there. You're an owner-occupant. Even though you're not occupying the whole thing, it's very similar to just buying a regular home. Right. And let's, for the sake of everyone, house hacking is if you live in one unit. Let's call it a duplex. There's two units, okay? Mm -hmm. You live in one unit, and then the other unit, you put a tenant in place, and they pay their rent and basically cover the majority or hopefully all of your mortgage. And you're living... For free. Free. Or close to free. It's a great investment strategy. House hacking. House hacking. If I was single. Right. You know, I'd love I to do I also don't things. feel like we had a ton of those types of properties, though, here. Right. It's a little bit trickier. I mean, you could probably find like an older home with a garage apartment and kind of house hack. You could even house hack even more by getting higher rent by putting the tenant in the big house and mm-hmm. you staying in the garage. Yeah apartment the garage apartment right like it's a fully livable space right not don't live in the garage <laughs> don't live in the garage <laughs> please please have a shower <laughs> don't live in the garage okay um all right let's why don't we just start with the basics what let's talk about single family homes i don't have too many notes i feel like most this people is know what a house is forward. it's a house <laughs> it's a detached home it's not attached to anything else you own the land what are some of the pros to this type of property more space. Yeah. More freedom. Privacy. Privacy, independence. Yeah. You maybe get some like neighborhood draw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, I find like parking yes. typically is maybe a little bit easier on a single family home. And these mortgages are very easy or easiest to acquire. Very straightforward. Right. Straightforward. Mm-hmm. We buy the house. We own the house. We live in the house. This is this is the easiest for us to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um the cons on your single family home, do you have any? More maintenance? Yep. You're going to have more maintenance because uh, you're in charge of everything. The lawn, yeah. the outside, the inside, the whole deal. Everything. Um, and then that's pretty much all that I would say. I did not agree with ChatGPT's response <laughs> to the rest of this. They said the cons were like it might be hard to rent out if you need to move. I completely disagree. In yeah, our you're market, wrong, ChatGPT. Yeah, in our market, I would say that it's maybe even easier to rent out a house than a attached property. Yeah, I okay. think so. So we're not going to dig into how they were wrong, but they were wrong. Just so you know, I'm not <laughs> reading off my list from ChatGPT. I'm filtering it through my brain. Okay, great. My local realtor brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, let's do con. You want to do condo or townhome? Where do you want to go first? Well, let's, let's talk ta- about these two together because I'll share okay. a story. Great. Perfect. Let's hear it. Um, once upon a time, <laughs> I had a condo listed. Mm-hmm. I received an offer on it mm-hmm. with a pre-approval letter. Mm-hmm. In the financing section, it said buyer was putting 20% down, okay. which I knew was good and what we needed. This condo was going to be 
pretty difficult to sell unless it was a cash buyer. Okay. I knew that going into it. And the reason is that banks and lenders consider condos to be more risky than a house or a townhouse. Right. They feel this way because you are at the mercy of an HOA to maintain the property. Mm -hmm. So if your roof is bad, you can't just go up there and fix it. Yeah, and you have to hope that the HOA is taking care of the money correctly, collecting everyone's dues, using it wisely, budgeting. Like, there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. And active. Yes, exactly. And so they want to review all of those documents. What insurance does the HOA have on this property? Mm-hmm. Um, they are also realizing that you are somewhat at the mercy of if the toilet upstairs leaks, it could come down into your unit. Yeah. So there's just a lot of factors that – It's a little more risky. It's more risky. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what your credit score is and how right. strong of a buyer you are. The bank doesn't want it on their books. Yes. The banks are like, if you're going to buy a condo, you're going to have to have a pretty mm-hmm. hefty down payment. There are certain condos that could be FHA approved, which okay. is our government loan. Mm-hmm. Um, many are not. In our market, many are not. Right. A few things that they look at for condos is the owner occupancy rate versus the renter rate. Right. So if there are too many renters and not enough owners uh-huh. living in the unit, they label it high higher risk. Right. And so they don't want to necessarily lend there. And I mean, I'm assuming that the higher risk is because the more renters in place, the less likely they are to take care of the property as if it were their own because it isn't their own. Correct. Okay, go on. Yes, yes, that is why. Um, I have had a condo transaction fall through because the lender required X amount of insurance to be carried. Okay. And that was not what the master policy was with the HOA. Mm. And I investigated having it increased so that we could close, but they did not have the funds to To pay for that type of policy. It was a very expensive policy. Interesting. So I have also had a condo financing fall through because of flood insurance. Okay. The land that the condo sits on Mm -hmm. was technically in in an AE higher risk flood zone. Okay. But the condo that was being sold was on the third 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 story. (laughs) We're not going to flood. But it doesn't matter because they're worried about the whole building. Because they're because they're investing in the in the complex as a whole. Yes. Right? Right. Like maybe the pool floods or the common area, and then it's not worth as much. Right. Or if they have to do assessments on yeah. the whole building You're all that gonna, is split between mm-hmm. all the owners. So if there is a situation where balcony rails need to be replaced, mm-hmm. I've had that happen. Okay. It is, you know, they're they get a price and it is split between the owners. Right. Even if you are not a balcony owner sometimes, mm-hmm. not every time, but just depends on how things yep. are structured. Um, if there is a pond or any other thing that requires maintenance, a gate, those yeah. things cost money. And so you're looking at a little bit higher dues mm-hmm. and possibly some when they don't have right when they don't have the dues enough to take care of something that has to be done like a big project big yeah big project then they have to do an assessment yes you know interestingly while we're on assessments in case anyone's curious about that it's basically just that a large project that's going to cost an amount of money that you don't have in the budget to take care of and then everyone has to share the burden if you're in a single family home Okay, so a detached home in a gated community locally. I I don't know if this is the same everywhere. Once you put up that gate in our area, the roads are no longer public. Right. They're private roads. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the neighborhood is gated, the private roads. This means when the road gets old and torn up and it's time for a resurface, or if the city is resurfacing all of the roads and coming around, they're skipping you. You're your neighbors and and you are going to have to split the cost to resurface your roads because they belong to the neighborhood because mm-hmm. you put that gate up and now the, they're not public roads. Right. Very so interesting. That might be a potential con to a gated neighborhood. Yes. Um, okay. Carry on. So, well, I also had a situation recently and I thought this could – I'm like, why couldn't this situation have happened before we recorded the due diligence episode? <laughs> what it was been, it? It's like – that's what I love about real estate, though, is 
I have been in it for over 10 years and I am still learning new things. And this was a very basic thing yeah, that I just learned. It? I had a townhome listed, okay. okay, my listing. And under things that the HOA covers, you know, it was roof, surprisingly, that this was a townhome and the right. HOA did cover the roof, okay? okay. That was listed. And so we have a home inspection, mm-hmm. and the home inspector says, hey, look, the shingles are just very brittle. It is at the end of life. It needs a new roof. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay, I thought it had a newer roof. Come to find out, the HOA replaced all – okay, all of the roofs on the on the main houses, but okay. not the shingles over the garages. Oh. Because they had to stick to budget. Okay. And it was very urgent that they cover the living areas. Okay. And these roofs were not connected because they were separated by a walkway. Yeah. So they were – the garages were technically like detached from from the house. the property. Okay. So for the HOA – so anyways, they're talking about the garage, I come to find out. Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, we need to find out – when the garage is being replaced. Okay. And I found out through all of this investigation that the HOA in this particular complex, so this would be something for you to know during your due diligence to read the restrictions and to really understand what is covered. The HOA in this complex does roof replacement. If there are any repairs needed before it is replaced, it is on the owner. So if you have a leak, you patch you, it. Okay. You do what you have to do until it is time for all of them to be replaced. Okay. Okay. So I was like, this is very interesting. So for the sake of writing a repair request, and luckily I had a great buyer's agent that was also learning with me, and we were both very experienced agents. Interesting. And neither of us had experienced, experienced that before. this. Yeah. So what she how she wrote it, which I thought was very smart and probably how I would have written it as a buyer's agent, was licensed roofer to inspect the roof, make sure there are no active leaks, missing shingles, or other repairs needed. Okay. If there are, seller to make all repairs. Okay. Then she wrote that the seller was to provide proof mm-hmm. that the roof was on the agenda to be replaced oh, in the near future. Okay. She just they just wanted to know that it was on the HOA's radar. Okay. I thought that's a great way to handle this because we can't replace it. No. Even if you wanted us to, we can't. Not your problem. So I had my roofer go out and he evaluated the whole roof and said, I will tell you, it is old. You know, the shingles are very brittle, Mm -hmm. but nothing is, there's no missing shingles. I could not see any leaks. Okay. You know, I think you just got to hang on. He did tell the buyer after a, a next big storm, you may want to have us come out and reevaluate it. Yeah. Because it is so brittle, it's not a super strong roof. Right. Oh, gosh. Right. So um, they were okay with that. There was really nothing for us to do. There okay. was not any repairs needed. And then I went to the HOA president and mm. I had to get a copy of the minutes from the meetings okay. where it showed that they discussed the roof of the garage. of the garages okay. and that it was going to be coming up next year as an item that okay. needed to be addressed. Great. I also had an email from the HOA president telling me, like okay. confirming. So mm-hmm. she just needed something in writing to where it's not, well, the listing agent said right. this. Right. So that is how we handled that. That's pretty good. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. I know. I thought this was such... I will say, and we do cover it a little in the due diligence episode, there's a lot more due diligence. This might be a con to buying a townhome or condo because you really do need to know the ins and outs of that HOA, which is a homeowners association. Like, how is it being run? Who's in charge? When are the dues due? Not just how much are the dues, who collects them? Like, Mm -hmm. what's the budget for the year? Like, what are the rules? What happens if I want to change my unit in some way? Like, who do I, like, there's all these other, 
it's not just you're there alone in your detached home and you get to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You might depend on someone else to help you out if your unit gets termites, like one I have sold before. Oh, my. Which was a townhome. Okay. But it was the same situation. The roof and the exterior were covered under the HOA. Okay. And the HOA provided the pest service. So it was under a termite contract. Mm. But then this particular unit got termites and so when my you know client went to research all of it and get it repaired as it turned out um there was no like damage waiver or whatever on this termite contract and they were just on the hook to Mm. fix this termite damage even though the hoa had a termite contract and paid for service they couldn't really prove when the last time it had happened for sure like Mm -hmm. did all the units get the treatment well what like the Mm. previous owners had put a um paver patio and because it's a townhome so they had this cute little backyard very small but it was cute but they had basically previous owner pavered the backyard area and it went right up to the house and the and it was too close like the slab wasn't exposed and the termites were just running Mm. right underneath those pavers and right into the house to chew on the wall oh gosh and what should have happened is that the hoa had hired this pest company and the pest company should have said these pavers have to move because they're a lot it's not showing the slab which is a requirement of being you know properly treated and under Mm -hmm. contract Mm -hmm. interesting i mean so really negligence a little bit on the hoa and the pest company and still my people were on the hook to repair like they're right they're like we'll come spray it but we're not making any repairs yeah the wall was eaten up oh no it's like a three thousand dollar situation hmm So um, that's something to keep in mind, too. Like when you're doing your due diligence, if you're going to buy one of these types of properties, just be aware. Yeah. You have to know the rules. Thousands of real estate agents have purchased email templates 101, and we wanted to share some reviews. Nikki said, love these templates. I've been an agent for a little over a year and have done quite a bit of business, but this was my first time using the email templates from start to finish through a listing transaction. It made it so much easier, and I feel so much more organized with these systems in place. That's what they're there for. Absolutely. Shannon said, I just sent my first seller just listed email and they loved it. That one is my favorite. It's so good. So, so good. Mandy said, these email templates were a great investment. They would have taken me years to put together on my own. They did take years. They they literally took years. That's how long it took us. (laughs) So with email templates, you get 12 buyer templates, 17 seller templates with attachments to guide you through each part of the process. And each template can be customized to fit you. Check out episode number 31 for more information or head over to emailtemplates101.com. The dog one. The what? You had that dog one recently where the condo didn't allow yes. dogs. The HOA restrictions had it was a condo development and they had a restriction on how large of a pet you could have in the complex. Right. I guess it kind of makes sense, you know, in certain situations. Right. I realized I didn't finish telling my story about. <laughs> Please do go back. <laughs> okay, so I had this condo listed. Mm-hmm. I knew we were going to have to have a buyer that could put at least twenty to twenty-five percent oh, down. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got an offer. I saw it was conventional financing. Okay. And I saw that they were putting twenty percent down. So yep. The You're first like, thing I met. did, yes. The first thing I did though was I emailed the lender mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, lender." I just received this offer. I think we have the lender template in our package of email templates. And then I just modified it to fit my situation of this is a condo. Right. And I wanted to make sure that you felt good about your buyer. I see they're putting 20% down. Um, This is a condo. The lender immediately responded and was like, no. Mm -mm. This – they are not putting 20% down. They are going – 3% 3% mm-hmm. conventional, they would prefer to go FHA, and in no way can they buy a condo. Mm-mm. So in our market here in Louisiana, in our specific city, yeah, con- we don't have a ton of condos. No. And we don't have a ton of high-end condos. Right. I would say our attached inventory is more price point friendly. Yeah. 
but then the condos are harder to buy because you have to have so much cash. Right. So it's like if you're paying this price point, Mm -hmm. you probably don't have that much cash. Right. Unless you're buying it as as an an investment. investment. Yes. And so it's this – in our market, it's kind of this weird spot where I really want to buy and own my own home, but my budget only allows for a condo. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't have enough money to buy a condo, even though that's my price range. Right. And so it's this whole spot that's kind of hard to navigate. It's Mm -hmm. a little bit tricky. So I had to call the agent and let her know that while I really loved her offer, we could not take (laughs) it. This isn't going to work. I can't take it because I have to – and I had in the um, financing conditions, like cash or conventional, there's no FHA. Right. It won't work. VA, RD, not here, not in this condominium complex. Right. She was surprised. Come to find out, she was a newer agent. Mm -hmm. And she thought that if you were going conventional, you were putting 20% down. Oh. And I also think that a lot of our older generation, Mm -hmm. I've encountered many parents helping their kids buy Mm -hmm. that thought – well, to buy a house, you have to put 20% down. We're going to need to get that. Yeah. So I think she just thought that. And it was not right. Right. And so we could not move forward with that offer because the financing was not going to work out. Mm-hmm. We ended up selling to a cash buyer. And so we didn't have quite as many hoops to jump through. Right. Usually when you have a lender financing a condo, Mm -hmm. they ask the HOA to fill out what's called a condo questionnaire. It is a tedious questionnaire. The HOA um, management companies usually charge money to fill them out. Charge money to fill them out and they greatly dislike filling them out. And they're sometimes really hard to just find someone who will fill it out at that complex. I mean, I've had to have buyers just move on. Yeah, like, we can't buy here, even we, though we have the loan and it'll work. No one will fill this questionnaire out, mm-hmm. and that's part of the loan requirement. Right. Oh, so hard. I know. It's just, you know, something to think about. Now, with a townhouse, they don't typically do those things. I guess not. I, there's not a townhouse questionnaire that I have heard of in no. our marketplace. I don't think so. Um. But but I know in many other cities, the condo market is different because in our market, you are usually in a lower price point. Right. And in, in other big cities, they like you said, they are luxury yeah, condominiums. We've had listeners who were like, you know, in Chicago or New, like New York. They All they did were condos. Right. Like, and that was high end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what are some of the pros you think to buying a condo? Versus a townhome or both. I think definitely lower maintenance. Yeah. And then just feeling like secure if you're leaving to go out of town. Right. You know, like you're not having to get someone to cut your grass and water all your plants and stuff in the yard. Well, right. Less outdoor maintenance. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that the pros too are like most condo complexes or even townhomes have some kind of amenity, a pool, yes. a park, uh, you know, some type of fitness center. Maybe you can rent out a clubhouse space. Like there's something there that's offering some sort of amenity to you. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the maintenance. Um, I had a client who was from New Orleans mm-hmm. and she moved to Baton Rouge for a job, but did not want to sell her place in New Orleans because this was going to be somewhat short term. She bought a nice condo. Um, near LSU. Okay. And it was a one bedroom, but they had a common space that had like a meeting room and a kitchen. That's nice. So she said whenever her husband was in town with her, she would go work in the meeting room. No one was ever in there. And it was like, this is my office. Right. It's nice. It's nice. And I'm not. And then she ended because she also said she was debating if she was going to have to rent a space. Okay. To have an office when she was in Baton Rouge. And because of this common space, she She didn't didn't have to. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a nice – like, if you are a condo or a townhome owner, look at your amenities and use them. Right. So many people don't use them. They don't even use them. They just – they, they get excited they about them. ignore them. Yeah. Right. Like, no one's in the pool today. Right. Go. Go to your pool. It's like your own private pool. Right. I love that. I wanted to mention, too, in townhouses specifically, I think one of the pros is that you do get the little bit of yard space or mm-hmm. a big patio. You have an outdoor space that's yours. A condo, mm-hmm. you might not even have a balcony. Right. Maybe you do. But 
in a townhome, you usually have something outside. So if you have a pet that needs some room outside or something like that, a townhome is really a good option for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wanted to mention that the fees vary, especially here, wildly Mm. from condo, townhome. It doesn't matter. Right. Each complex, the fees are very different. A lot of times, depending on what are the amenities, who's managing it? Are we paying a management company? How do we take care of all this stuff? Is there a lot of common space that needs to be mowed or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, So you do have to check your your HOA fees. A lot of times they're paid monthly. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're biannually. Sometimes they're annually. Um, And sometimes they cover utilities. Yeah. So you need to be thinking about, okay, what exactly is covered in this fee? Am I not paying water, sewer, trash? It's all in there. Well, okay, I need to like weigh that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think comes into play too with investors because yeah. sometimes those fee- those fees aren't like paying into your mortgage. You're not paying down a principal. That's That money's gone. Right. It's the cost of owning this property. And even if you had no mortgage, if you were a cash investor, you got to pay this every month. So that's a really good point to consider, too, is that if you have a buyer that you are working with and they are pre-approved for a certain amount and you're really pushing that number, there are situations where HOA dues can push push them over their debt-to-income ratio. So they really need to understand that that number, that monthly note estimate that they were given when they got pre-approved does not include any HOA dues. Right. That is paid totally separate outside Uh of your mortgage. And so making sure that you understand those numbers, you feel comfortable with that monthly note, you still qualify. And there are some single-family detached homes that have HOAs. Yeah. They're usually not near as expensive, but you may still have to get approval to paint the exterior of your home. Yeah. It just depends on where you are. Okay. Any other cons to condos (laughs) or or townhomes? I also... Noise. Oh, yes. And then you can tell me... That's a good point. Like it's... It's going to become a problem. Mm-hmm. That's why the in-unit is so um, well-desired. Like in a townhome yes. complex, it's always advertised in-unit. Well, then you only have one shared wall. Mm-hmm. Now, the walls are usually pretty thick, but not in every complex. Mm-mm. I had a client who bought, a, no no less, an in-unit townhome, and the people next to her were always like punching holes in the wall or something. Oh, gosh. It was awful. Yeah. I mean, it was like You're really at the mercy of your neighbors. They're so close. Mm -hmm. They're really close by. So even a townhome is not exempt from noisiness. Yeah. Like you're just close to each other. Okay, what did you have? Um, I'm still learning a little bit about this, but I had a condo listed, Mm -hmm. but the complex was now labeled as apartments. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't understand why the sign says – um, you know, apartments, Main Street apartments. Mm-hmm. When you're telling me you own this condo, mm-hmm. and then come to find out, you know, ten years ago, someone bought the complex, mm-hmm. which I don't fully understand, right? Because how do you buy a? I guess they bought the HOA. They bought the. Tell me the rest the of the grounds. Story. Okay. And then they made a blanket offer to every single owner occupant. They bought the majority interest of, they the, did. of yes. the complex. That's what they did. And then they were like, oh, I'll, let's back it up. Okay. Because I think this happens in other markets. Yes. The, the few condos that we have here typically are what are called condo conversions. Mm. So at some point in time, they were an apartment complex. They were not built like in Miami or Chicago. They build whole buildings brand new as a condo. It's a condo. Right. It always was a condo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always meant for owners to own the individual units. Our condos, I cannot think of too many, maybe one or two, that were built as condos from the jump. Mm-hmm. A lot of ours were condo conversions. And when I started in the early 2000s, that was happening. Someone would go or owned a whole apartment complex and they would decide, okay, we're going to convert this to condos. We're going to divide out the interest to each unit individually and then people could buy them and we'll sell off the units and they'll have their own HOA and they'll run this condo complex. Well, in the case of the one you're talking about, that's what happened. Okay. It was an apartment complex. They decided to do a condo conversion. 
They sell off units individually to individual owners. Everyone's like, this is my unit. I own this unit. And then later on, someone, you know, little by little starts buying or that complex never sold off the, the brunt. Do you right. see what I'm saying? Yes. There was still a chunk. And, okay. and and while there was still the chunk, they rented them like apartments. Yes. They didn't want them to be empty. Yeah. I mean, there's still a management office. Right. The it was leasing always department. run like an apartment. Yes. Okay. Well, then when the new, because look, where we are, our units like that can be very affordable for an investor, especially for an out-of-state or out-of-country investor. So yes, they and will also come. because we are in Baton Rouge and we have Louisiana State University, there are a lot of condo complexes around the university yeah. that are lower priced for student housing. Right. So parents can buy somewhere affordable for their kids while yeah. they go to school. Yeah. But I think what will happen is that complex had however many units left that didn't get sold. It was a lot, more than 50%. Right. And then somebody from somewhere else comes in and is like, oh, I'll buy all those. That looks like a great investment. And then they made the blanket offer to everyone who owned an individual unit. Like, hey, I'm basically, I'm trying to put back together this apartment complex to just be apartments. Yes. <laughs> yes. And now you're trying to sell. A condo. Just a random. There's only a few remaining holdouts. Yes. That were condos. Mm -hmm. It's very tricky. Now, I will say, I reached out to that person. Okay. And was like, hey, I'm listing this. You, you own. Yes, you own so many of them. Do you want another one? In this situation, I never heard back. I, I had the title attorneys help me find contact information. I had the HOA help me find contact. I messaged this person and called and emailed and texted and left voicemails so many times and never heard back, okay? They're also out of California. So I don't know why they bought it anyway. But they, ne- exactly they never Because in California, back. they could never get, you know, 80 units for, for that this price. price. Exactly. But I did have a situation earlier in my career where it was a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. I was listing a condo and heard through the grapevine of all these things that, you know, these offers were going around. And so I contacted a person directly and sold it straight to an investor that was kind of buying up in there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it worked in that situation. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was just, it's, again, I'm like, wow, I've never encountered a situation like this where it was an apartment and then it went back to condos and then, you know, it's It's just trying to figure it all out. How do you find, is it still listed? We we closed this week. (gasps) Someone bought it. Yeah. Congrats. I know. And I really feel like it could be a great investment for them because it's such a cute unit. Right. Right. And so. And at the end of the day, what are you buying the thing for? If you're using it, like if you need it for a student or something yeah. like that, it's great. Right. Great investment. Cheaper Stay than, in it cheaper and than walk, rent. You could walk to Tiger Stadium. Right. Love it. Okay. Shall we move on to mobile homes? It's our last okay. our last type. Um, okay. The good news is these are usually less expensive, right? So more affordable properties. A lot of times they're on nice pieces of land. Mostly they are rural. A lot of yes. neighborhoods don't allow a mobile home just randomly in a na- like in a residential neighborhood. So they're more rural typically. Um, let's though talk about the cons. Okay, financing. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> this is how I was explained mobile home financing by a mortgage lender. Great. Who does mobile home financing? Oh, perfect. That most lenders do not look at mobile homes as real estate. They look at them as vehicles. Okay. So the way that they, instead of appreciating in value over time, like a house, Mm -hmm. they actually depreciate in value over time, like a car. Right. So that is why many lenders will not lend on them at all. Mm -hmm. If you have a client that is looking to buy a mobile home, Mm -hmm. There's a few things that you need to know. One, if it's a single wide versus a double wide. Okay. Double wides are much easier to finance. Okay. Still very tricky though. Right. Very tricky. Okay. Many lenders will not do it if it is a single wide. So you would have to find mm. some sort of creative financing. Okay. The second thing that we discover, and um, these aren't like official bullet points. These are what I learned from my <laughs> one transaction. Great. Okay. <laughs> Does it still have wheels? Right. Or is it 
anchored and grounded to the land. Got it. They require mm-hmm. it for a mortgage. They to like be, the apron too. Yes. Does it have the apron? The, That's around the, the bottom. The skirting, mm-hmm. if okay. you will. Great. Um, and so those were, and then we had to have, so like a vehicle, they have a VIN number. Mm-hmm. They have an actual identification number okay. that was needed for that. Okay. Um, and then we also just had to look at how it was connected to the land for water and sewer. Right. Okay. Okay. Those were the those were our main Report. challenges okay. in my one transaction. Got it. I like that you took a deep breath there. It's all coming back to me. So you're like, I remember how tough it was. It was very tough. It can be more difficult. So a lot of times, here's the key. Whether you're a consumer or an agent, you have to always, no matter what type of property you're going to buy, start at financing. How are you going to acquire the property? Is it cash? If not, is it a loan? What type of loan is it? What are the requirements? What properties are allowed? Mm -hmm. Like, For instance, if you're going to get an RD loan, this is rural development. What areas does that include? It's not every single place. So you need to start. This is why your agent told you to start at the financing. Yes. They weren't being difficult, but you literally don't know what type of property to shop for until you have your financing figured out. Mm -hmm. And not everyone is eligible for every type of financing. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if you find that in your market, the only thing that fits your budget is a condo, but your financing doesn't work for condos, it's not going to work right now. Right. Like you're going to have to wait and save some money and- Try a different, you know, financing vehicle later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's my number one thing I would say about that. Um, mobile homes. I do want to give another interesting tip that I learned that I had no clue about. They can be really excellent investments mm-hmm. because because they're depreciating because they're immovable and not in like we call our real estate here immovable. Mm-hmm. Um, the taxes are based on the land with no. Right. No, no proper, like no home value on it, right? Yeah. It's just the land value. So the property taxes can be significantly lower. Like if you owned four townhomes versus if you owned four, you know, mobile homes, well, your taxes on the townhome are way higher. Yeah, that's a good point. So a lot of investors locally, I've, I've known a few that loved to invest because it really did, um, it was more cash flow. Right. They had less expenses. The property tax was less. The rents were still good. They would keep their, you know, the mobile homes in good condition. You know, when one is in poor condition, you can sell it off and put in a brand new one, like easy peasy. Right. It's just different. And that was another thing too. I remember when I was newer, I had someone come to me and said that they wanted to buy a mobile home and I was had never done one before. I'm doing all this research. We looked at several that were listed on a piece of land where it came with the land. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Sometimes you'll see a piece of land listed and it'll say mobile home on the property does not remain. And it almost can't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes it can't. If you are getting... A land loan. Right. There are certain types of land loans that they do not want any structure right. on the property at all. at all. Yeah. Not a shed, not a mobile home, nothing. Right. They just want to know that they are financing land only. Yeah. So interesting. A lot of this is all fine. It's restricted by the loan. It is. And right? what ended up happening in, in my sad story. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) Was that she ended up going directly to a mobile home manufacturer. Okay. And financing one through them. Okay. And then she, for very cheap, rented some land. And just put it on there. That they put it on. Okay. So it never really resulted in any kind of sale. And I was thinking, wow, Imagine if your client was like, hey, Katie, thanks for your help, but I actually bought a house at Target <laughs> and I'm going to just put it somewhere. I'm just going to go find someone. Like that's what they can do with mobile. They well, can yeah. go and, and buy just the home without and, the land. And then they were paying a, a land lease. Yeah. And, they and it was their- very minimal. I forget how little it was, but I was shocked. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just like any mobile home trailer park. I think a lot of times you can rent a spot. Yes. Just like if you went to an RV park camping right. and you rented camping. a spot for a night, you can go to a 
trailer park or a mobile home park and rent a spot and you could bring your mobile home in and hook it all up Mm -hmm. and you could live there for a month or a year or however long the rents are and then you could move it on later on. I I know this is somewhat market specific when talking about price point, but Mm -hmm. what I am seeing right now in our market and with the interest rates being higher, Mm -hmm. the first time home buyers that are trying to get into a home or if you are restricted on your budget, it is very important for you as the realtor to be able to educate your buyer on Okay, look, because I've had to tell buyers, we can only look at townhomes. Right. We can't look at condos because you don't have 20%. Right. But we can look at townhomes. We can look at houses. Mm-hmm. Um, they need, And then I've had buyers say, well, maybe I'll just get a mobile home. And I'm like, well, the financing is different there too. Yeah. So really understanding and being the expert yeah. so that you can advise your buyer, hey, based on your budget, and what you were looking for, these are the things that we can look for. Yeah, I had a client who had the hardest time understanding that and kept sending me condos. And I had to say, this one's a condo, this one's a condo. And I was like really trying to educate them on how to know. Because sometimes it's clear in the name. It's Main Street Condos. Right, Main Street Townhomes. Sometimes it's in the name wrong. Yes, It'll say yes. Main Street Townhomes, but it is a condo. <laughs> or I'm the like, sign will say Main Street Apartments. Right. And it's no, a condo. Right. You can't trust the <laughs> sign. It's so hard. And so just Oof. understanding what is your financing options. Right. Do you have the cash needed to accomplish mm-hmm. the purchase for the type of property you are trying yeah. to buy? And as the agents, it's important for us to be able to guide and direct the buyers so that you're not wasting a bunch of time or showing property and writing offers when they yeah. were never going to be able to buy no. that. No, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. This was interesting. <laughs> right? It's like um, that old thing that I say all the time. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And we're just trying to be out here telling you what to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's what you I'm need like, to know. When I was presenting this topic, I was like, this is the most random <laughs> topic. But we had this whole discussion about it in our office. And I thought... This you, is an excellent well, point. You kind of forget the little things that you learn all along the way. And yeah. you know what else? This is a great point, especially if consumers are listening. This is why agents are important. Yes. I'm spending time learning and experiencing this so that you don't have the problems that are like, oh, I found the perfect condo and I'm going to buy it. And then my financing doesn't work out and I already canceled my lease. You know, like, yeah, I'm homeless don't now. Don't be homeless. Right. Don't be homeless. So scary. We're in the business of keeping you from being homeless. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for a toast? Yeah. I'm really excited about this one. Oh. Okay, because it is from Kristen Oliver in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. And she is toasting to Naomi Tadark. I hope I said oh, that right. yeah. Naomi listens every week and she tags does. the show. And I love her post every Monday. Um, and I'm going to tell you what Kristen said. She said, I'm a fairly new realtor. And Naomi is also a realtor at our brokerage, RJ Williams & Co. in Fort Worth, Texas. She told me y'all were her mentor when she first started real estate because she didn't have a mentor at her old brokerage. I love listening to y'all and all the knowledge I have learned since. I feel like this is a great episode for that. We're just here to- We are here to be your mentor. (laughs) Tell you what you don't know. Here's some some information. Here's some stuff maybe you don't know or maybe you forgot or you just need to be reminded. It's a good revisit Um, for sure. I know. So cheers to Naomi. Thank you really so much. And um, thank you to Kristen for sending that in. Yeah. Okay, y'all have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash hustle humbly and leave us a review or drop a comment if you're listening on Spotify. If you have an episode topic or someone you'd like to toast on the show, please email us at team at hustlehumblypodcast.com. Find us on social media at Hustle Humbly Podcast. Don't forget to find all of the free resources at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. See you next week. This is the good life.